everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Provision podcast. My name is James and I run Nursery Nook. Thanks for joining me. Um, Once again, I'm by myself this week because I want to share with you a strategy that I used when I was teaching in schools to develop independence. Now, you can use this strategy with any earlier setting. It works very effectively with large groups of children as well as just a small group of children if you are, say, a childminder. Just to give you a little bit of context about why I'm recording this episode at this time, the podcasts are always aligned to the challenges that I run in my network. So at the moment, I am halfway through the 12-week outdoor challenge on the Nursery Nook Network, which is a subscription service. If you don't know what I'm talking about, no problem. Go to my website, www.nurserynook.co.uk, and you can find out about the network. Of course, you can just listen to the podcast yourself, but the network itself has extra content to back up, as well as a workbook for this week's strategy. So, when I was teaching in a mainstream primary school in my first sort of five years of teaching, I spent time as a teacher and then I moved up towards sort of a day-to-day leader. I had a, an earliest leader above me, but because it was such a large school and she was in charge of quite a lot of things in school, I became the sort of person in charge of decisions just in the moment. Um, I also... Um, had a whole class of children to teach and I also took on the role of middle leader so if you're in a school-based environment you understand that there's actually quite a lot of plates to spin there and as part of the middle leadership I was in the maths team so I was supporting maths throughout early years in key stage one. However it was decided that the middle leaders in our school needed to do something more um, because for whatever reason it was decided we just weren't doing enough and so Naturally, my response was, are you kidding me? Um, how can I fit more in? Um, we were assigned to work with a school improvement officer. And the decision was made to do a project around developing independence because it was noticed that throughout school, children became quite reliant on adults, especially as they exited early years into key stage one. Um, and so there's different staff members picked from different key stages around the school to support embedding independence. For me in nursery, though, initially, I felt like I was quite good at supporting independence. But nonetheless, I engaged in the project and I decided to pick one area in the provision that was not working for the children. It wasn't a good area in terms of allowing them to be as independent as I'd like them to be. It required an adult a lot of the time to facilitate using these resources. And to some extent, what would happen is people would, you know, move away from those resources because it was just cumbersome. I'm talking about wetsuits here. Now, when I say wetsuits, I appreciate there's different terms for these around the UK and the world. Um, When I say wetsuits, I'm talking about those plastic jackets, usually quite thin, that you would put on over your normal clothing, as well as a pair of waterproof trousers. Some people call them waterproofs, some people call them puddle suits, as well as other names. We had enough uh, wetsuits for all of the children who attended the setting at any time. But it meant that if children were putting their suits on and then taking them off again, they often needed an adult. It meant a member of staff was assigned that role continuously and it was a really bad way of using the precious resources which is the staff and so we decided we needed to do something about this so initially I was pointed in the direction of Carol Dweck um, and I'm not linked to Carol Dweck's work in the network itself because actually whilst it was interesting to read 
what we actually ended up implementing was a little bit far removed from Caldwell's work. Um, we decided we wanted to get the children to be able to put their wetsuits on by themselves. But not just that, we wanted the children to teach their friends how to put the wetsuits on to free ourselves up. And so, first of all, we had to think very carefully about what are the teaching points around putting a wetsuit on. Simple things such as putting your hands in, making sure the jacket's facing the right way, um, making sure that the jacket's not inside out, pushing the Velcro together, putting the right legs in the right places in the wetsuit, making sure that you have got a little tag at the back, putting your welly boots on and also putting your welly boots underneath your um, wetsuit trousers. It seems quite simple, but those are the kinds of things that you yourself would go through when you're putting the wetsuits on. So we needed to break those things down so that we knew exactly what we teach the children. We got a group of five children together and for an entire week, we would put the wetsuits on those five children. But as we were doing it, we would add into the ether, as in the environment at the moment, in the moment, we would add in our thought process. We would speak out loud and would say, I'm just gonna put your hand in here put this hand in here, must make sure that's the right way around, I'm going to push the Velcro together, I'm going to put your legs in, one leg in each hole. By saying those things out loud and really focusing down on those five children, we were trying to get those children to absorb that messaging, to be able to, in the future, explain themselves how they would put themselves in a wetsuit. At the same time, of course, we've got the rest of the children who need to go in wetsuits, but we spent less time talking it through for those and a little bit more time just doing it for them, as we've done in the past. So after the first week of doing that, we found that towards the end of the week, the children were able to actually explain to us what comes next. Brilliant. So those first five children were then tasked in the next week to support other children. We call that reciprocal teaching. Now, you can apply this strategy to many different things. Some of the other examples I've seen are um, fastening coats, fastening shoelaces, um, even using things like scissors or glue or how to mix paint um, in a paint mixing station. But for these children, we wanted these five to be able to support their friends. Now, we were still there to support and facilitate other children getting their wetsuits on. But we asked those first five children, can you please help your friends? And what they did is they talked through how to put the wetsuits on and they did it for them. <coughs> and it really worked quite well because those first five children had been putting them on every day the previous week and so now it was still fresh in their mind they're able to put them on no problem but the adults were there to support if anything went wrong brilliant then we moved on to using the most powerful phrase you could possibly imagine when it comes to teaching and I'm, I'm not overstating this this will free you up and as a person who's taught in reception I can tell you this is actually quite transformative this idea of three before me I currently support a school local to me um, in the Key Stage 1 Loose Parts project, and one of the teachers in Key Stage 1 uses this term three before me. The idea is, is that rather than come to me to ask to fix a problem, you see if you can find three friends to ask first. So, okay, you want to put the wetsuit on? Whoa, wait a second. Ask three friends before you come and ask me. This only works if you've got enough children in the environment who are able to support and teach children how to do those skills. But once you have enough children, that three before me was brilliant. The first child might struggle, the second child will do it, no problem. You are then freed up to support other children and develop independence in other areas. In the last setting I had before I left teaching, I had only a few children who could do certain things like fastening coats, like being able to um, fill up the water tray. These children would often be relied upon 
quite a lot by the other children, but they valued the the responsibility of doing those things. Just a little word of warning here, because what we're actually talking about here is mastery. And that's a, a term that's often used with Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2. Um, but what, what we mean to get to here is we want children to be able to explain their thinking process, explain how to do something, but also problem solve. So just a little word of warning. First little word of warning is we wouldn't do this within the realm of hygiene. So you wouldn't, for example, ask children to help each other peel the bananas. I know this is something we actually do ask quite a lot, but I'm just thinking post-COVID, it's probably not the best idea to do something within hygiene. So, you know, not helping them unpack something from their lunch, not opening fruit or something like that, nothing toilet-based or bathroom-based, obviously. The second point, Ian, that's a, a bit more of a, a serious consideration, really, is through um, Dylan Williams' Dylan, Dylan Williams's work with um, the black box, he discovered that many of the more capable children in our settings, and by capable I mean those children who have who have been working at a high level, very independent for a long time, those children struggle a lot of the time when they are asked to support others. Not all of them, but most of them do. And his suggestion is that if children are fed on a diet of praise, where if they do something they get rewarded, whether it's a sticker, or a certificate, or just you know verbal praise, those children will really struggle if that praise is removed and they suddenly asked, oh, you've got your wetsuit on. Okay, go and help Ibrahim do his. They'll really struggle with that concept. And so whilst I am very mindful of praise and how it can be very damaging, in this situation, if you are going to implement this strategy, I would recommend that you actually maintain that praise. So say, oh, good, well done. You put your wetsuit on. I wonder, could you go and help someone else now? Just because if we don't maintain that praise, that child might not have enough reason to carry on and actually support the other children around them. Now, this strategy is not something that you can implement in a short period of time. Don't think that you can do it the next three weeks and suddenly it'll be fully embedded. This is about a culture shift. And so whilst you can start it at any point, when you have new children start, you have to take a little bit of a step back. When you have a whole cohort swapping around, you have to take a major step back. But it's, it's something that can be baked in quite comfortably if you start with one particular area, such as your wetsuit, and then replicate it in different areas, you find that actually it picks up quite quickly and children get used to supporting each other. I've seen the, the best effect really when it comes to older children at a reception level. And I'm not really certain why this happens, but for me, I find a lot of reception children can be a lot more fussy than nursery age children. It's almost as if you're needed to sort out a lot of smaller issues that perhaps they would be able to do by themselves a year before in nursery. And so I found that actually, if you share with children, especially via a circle time or a group time, that you have these expectations that they'll help each other, that reinforces the message before you even begin to talk about three before me. Have a little go with the strategy. I'd love to know what you think. If you're in the network, please post comments underneath this post. If you're not, feel free to reach out to me on my social media. It'd be lovely to hear a little bit more about what you're introducing if you're actually following this. Um, if you would like to look up the research that backs this up, I actually wrote a research paper link to this. I can send that to you. As well as if you'd like any links towards Dylan Williams or Carol Dweck on the mastery approach, I'm more than happy to share with those with you. Otherwise, Thank you for joining me and I hope you will join me next time for the Purposeful Provision podcast. Mm -hmm.